Hello and welcome to week four of the Icon Leadership Podcast, season four. Uh, I am Justin Anderson, the lead pastor of Icon Church, and I am here with Josh Searcy. Josh, say hi. Hi. That's it? That's it. That's all you got? Okay, wow. Okay, I guess I'm carrying this I'm following orders, man. Uh, Hi. (laughs) We are in season four, as I said, and this whole season is about mental health. So we are recording this in the middle of November 2020, and it is uh, rainy and dark. And on top of all that, we are in the middle of another wave of COVID. So we just got put on lockdown again. And uh, man, there is not a lot of light anywhere, let alone at the end of the tunnel. And so uh, a season about mental health uh, comes at a really good time. So um, we have talked uh, thus far already about uh, anxiety. We've talked about shame. And today we are talking about isolation. And we're doing this whole series because we believe that mental health is a very serious, very real uh, I mean, epidemic seems maybe uh, strong, but but maybe not. No, I mean, it's right. it's, yeah. uh, it's a pretty serious thing happening uh, in our country before COVID, yep. let alone uh, what the last nine months or so have done to people. And uh, and we think that it impacts leadership in particular. And so, for those of you out there who are leading uh, at Icon, you are leading at another church, you are leading in your Uh, in your work, uh, in your school, whatever the context, uh, that mental health has certainly affected either you as the leader or or those around you. And so we want to equip you with the ability to be able to identify and then uh, speak to uh, each of these different mental health issues. So today we're talking about isolation. and, And that might uh, not spring to mind when we think of mental health issues, yeah. right? Uh, isolation probably doesn't make many of our lists. So, uh, so that's one thing I want to discuss. But man, isolation has never been more relevant yeah. uh, than it has been for the last nine months of 2020. So, Josh, talk to me a little bit about why we're talking about isolation. Yeah. So, isolation, you're right, is not a isolation in itself is not a mental health issue, but it can be either a consequence or a catalyst for it. Uh, and so, whether uh, we're experiencing mental health issues and we feel like we've got we have no option for like meaningful relationship with other people, we begin to isolate, um, and that kind of becomes a consequence. Or in this season of 2020 and uh, the experience of isolation that we've all had, it becomes a catalyst for it. That's the reason why it's so difficult this year is because we've been isolated. Even if we haven't been like physically isolated in our basements, we've been uh, mentally and uh, socially isolated for a really long time. So it's really caused a lot of issues. And and really, I think it's, you know, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear your experience because you recently had to isolate in your own basement. Um, and just was curious what that experience was like for you as a person uh, and then maybe as a leader. How did how did that feeling kind of affect you? Yeah. Yeah. So I tested positive for COVID-19 a couple of weeks back. Uh, the rules uh, that I had to follow was to isolate for 10 days. Um, about halfway through that 10 days, my wife actually tested positive as well. And mm-hmm. so then 
I was uh, freed from the basement uh, because there was no way we were going to parent five kids, uh, both of us isolating. <laughs> yeah. Lily, my 12-year-old yeah. is strong, but she's not that strong. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so I experienced isolation. My, my actual COVID-19 symptoms were rel- relatively mild. Uh, it was a day or two of being tired and headache and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I have joked, but it's really not a joke that my primary symptom was severe basement fatigue. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was, that was tough. I mean, it was claustrophobic, not in a physical sense, but in a relational sense mm. where it just was like, golly, I'm so, um, so disconnected from my kids, which was super hard. Yeah. I mean, just to stay away. And I, I got tired of telling my kids to go away. Um, but I would say our team, you know, relevant to this podcast, our team, um, those, those 10 days that I was away from the team were really hard because there was, there were moments where, um, we would have a, a staff meeting or some sort of zoom, you know, meeting with three or four people. And it was obvious that one or more people were not engaged yeah. for one reason or another. Yeah. And, and I didn't have the the ability to easily follow up with those people uh, to kind of just do the relational. You realize how much uh, relational communication is done nonverbal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That gets totally lost in a Zoom situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the isolation affected my leadership in a, a number of different ways. Um, it, it, it made me feel like I had lost a leadership appendage mm. almost yeah. that I, I was fighting one handed. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was, uh, that was pretty tough. So, yeah, so that, you know, that was my experience. Um, but we're not just talking about isolation when you have COVID, right? I mean, we're talking about, uh, forced isolation, but also chosen isolation, right? right? Like, well, t- talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, isolation in 2020, it's easy to go ahead and just think of COVID related isolations, but uh, we've been isolating ourselves uh, mentally, emotionally, relationally for a lot longer than 2020. And so I think isolation uh, is a lot of times self-inflicted. And so what I mean by that is there's a few different ways that we begin to uh, isolate because uh, out of our own choice. And so one would be you know, as a leader, just a lack of trust for our colleagues uh, because of past failures. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the more that we have experiences with coworkers and with colleagues, and even for those who uh, are, are under us in our leadership, the more experience we have of their failures, we can begin to take that and begin to think, okay, I can't, I genuinely cannot rely on anyone but myself. So because of that, I'm going to move away, even if I'm not physically distanced from these people physically isolated, I'm going to move, I'm going to take away my relational capital from the table. You know, I'm going to isolate in my mind, in my emotions, and in my work. And so we begin to not trust those around us. And so we isolate. And then and then the other one I would say is just selfish standards for uh, what work relationships look like and just relationships in general. You know, there's, uh, you know, the old church fathers had this Latin phrase to describe what, what human beings are and uh, homo in se in curvatus, which means the, the inward curving of the human soul, that we were made to, to reflect outward to the world what God is like. Uh, but at the fall, we curved inward and we became uh, almost fundamentally selfish creatures. That every, uh, every 
uh, standard that we've set up for relationships comes through that filter of selfishness because we're so inwardly curved. And when that happens, you, no one's going to meet those standards very often. So we just isolate ourselves. Or, you know, finally, it's it's isolation can be a kind of a throwing in the towel uh, because of other mental health issues. We feel like, you know, to connect it maybe to shame is uh, I don't. I don't have the option for a relationship of meaning and depth and vulnerability because I am this way, kind of like what we talked about. So because I am this way, that means I got to, I got to, you know, I got to isolate. I got yeah. I got to punt on this relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's some fairly straightforward, obvious implications of this, right? You have colleagues that you don't trust, therefore you pull back from them, yeah. but you can't lead a team of people that you're pulled back from. Totally. So uh, then, you know, it gets in this this chicken and egg kind of, or snowball situation, right? Where yeah. you pull back from a team, therefore you can't lead them, therefore they're not led, therefore they revolt. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. now you're isolated because they all ran away from you, yeah. right? Uh-huh. But what are some other implications for how isolation affects our leadership? Uh, yeah, I think specifically isolation obviously kills the possibility of collaboration. And so if I'm, uh, if I'm doing it myself, if I can only trust myself, then there's no option to collaborate with coworkers, with colleagues, with those who are under my leadership. I, I can't get their opinion in on any given situation. And, and that is a huge hindrance to our leadership and to whatever we're leading, because collaboration is an engine for breakthrough. You know, when we feel stuck, like even for me, you know, if I'm in, uh, in community groups or specifically when I'm trying to think through a sermon, if I feel stuck, the first thing I have to do is talk to someone and ask, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about this, or this is the way I'm thinking about this text. How do you think about it? And just begin to almost get an out, get out, out of my head and get someone outside of me to, to kind of come in and give a, uh, an opinion or something like that. And so it, uh, isolation kills that. It, it narrows our vision, uh, whereas collaboration uh, really broadens our horizons for what is possible. Mm. Uh, isolation just kind of narrows what is possible. And so, uh, you know, kind of like what you just said, and as soon as we have a lack of breakthrough because of our isolation, uh, it only furthers our desire to hide and isolate. Uh, we constantly believe that we're alone in the fight, and this isolation in our leadership is is just death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Well, there's like a flip side to, you know, the lack of trust thing is an over exaggeration or an overestimation of our own ability. Yeah. Right. So I don't trust the people around me is also saying I really trust me. Mm-hmm. I can solve this problem. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's arrogance, right? Like that's that's not true. Us by ourselves. We have one perspective, one brain, one a uh, set of ideas, one uh, one person's ability to solve problems or, or cast vision rather than, uh, and maybe you're right, maybe the people around you are not very good, sure. but yeah. at least bad ideas could spark a good idea in you, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? You'd be like, wow, that's a terrible idea, but it makes me think of a good one, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that lack of collaboration just really narrows, uh, narrows your vision. So that's good. All right. So then what's the solution to this? I, I know that in the um, uh, God of the Valley uh, uh, kind of little sermonette series, you talked about the imminence of God, right? So how does the imminence of God affect isolation uh, in the context of leadership? And maybe first, like what is what is God's imminence? Yeah, 
So, you know, theologians talk about God in a lot of different ways, but one of the main ways they talk about him is in his transcendence and in his eminence. And so what that means is that uh, his transcendence, he is high and above his creation, his eminence, he is near to his creation. He's not a deistic God who's just far off and just kind of letting the world tick, but he's near to his creation. And so God's eminence is just his nearness. And there's no more consistent promise in the Bible than God's promise to be with us. And our realm of leadership is not excluded from his presence and from his health. And so because of that, leadership no longer becomes the place that uh, I must protect myself or prove myself, but rather it becomes a place in which even in leadership, and I don't, I don't know if we have a lot of experience with this, but even in vocational leadership, uh, we are able to, to sense God's presence, to sense his nearness to our work, that he cares about what we're leading in and he is near to us in it. And so, uh, and so God's eminence can help us in our leadership because we see that isolation isn't really an option yeah. that we, you know, uh, you know, we're not collaborating with God in the, in the same way that we're collaborating with coworkers, but he is near to us and he cares about what we're doing in such a way that he wants to help. And so isolation kind of becomes a false story. And so uh, that's how I think God's, God's eminence really affects us. And then God is not only eminent in his like, you know, manifest presence in our leadership or in the world, but he's also near to us through the church. The Bible is really clear that, that, that a Christian has been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So that means that for me, and my leadership, I can always go to a trusted Christian friend and in a way they are the embodiment of God's nearness to me because they're going to, they're by the spirit that is in them, they're going to slowly help me and, uh, and lead me down the right path. And so God is never far away. God is, we know he's omnipresent. You know, we, we say that really easily, but uh, God's omnipresence doesn't just happen because he's, uh, because he's God, but we forget that God, wherever God is, is where he in, intends to be. And so every place in our leadership is a place where we can meet God's presence and nearness uh, with some real help. Yeah. And you're right to say that we don't collaborate with God the same way we collaborate with the team. And um, we we do collaborate with God yeah. in a number of different ways where he collaborates with us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there is a there's there does seem to be a common denominator here. In that, if you know the, the same thinking uh, or the same convictions that would cause you to isolate from people, um, would also cause you to isolate from God and cut you off from God, right? Because that same arrogance of I can handle it, yeah. I can do it. It's better if it's just me. Uh, it's not hard to see how that would cut you off, not just from your teammates, but also cut you off from God. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so it's not hard then to see that the solution to um, the solution to the problem of cutting yourself off or isolating yourself from teammates would be first um, making sure that you are connected to God yeah. and, and opening yourself up to relationship with God and not isolating from them and seeing the value of that um, and then letting that flow out into your relationships. Yeah. So that's good. All right. So then what what's actionable? What are we doing to solve this problem? Um, what are actions we need to take uh, to refuse being isolated in our leadership? Uh, I think the first one is really obvious, is wherever you are isolated right now, like this week, think about a project, think about an idea that you are working on right now. And then think about whoever is near to you in your organization and your group that can give you valuable feedback and insight into what you're trying to do. Force yourself to collaborate with those who are around you in, in whatever you are leading on. Just don't 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 allow isolation to be 
a thing. And so I, I think that's probably the most practical is just to start collaborating. Uh, and then also I would say just begin to, and this isn't maybe quite as practical, but really begin to change the way that you're thinking about your leadership and see that what you just said, that we are not doing this alone, no matter whether we have coworkers around or not, we're not doing this alone. We are doing this with the help and presence of God. Re reinstitute a sense of wonder in your work that you are partnering with God in the cultural mandate and moving the world forward in the good of creation that he's given us. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the common denominators and great leaders that I know is that they listen to people who, who have no business speaking into their lives yeah. or speaking, you know, given ideas. Mm -hmm. I, and I think of particular leaders, Andy Crouch is one. Andy Crouch is an author and leader and thinker. Great. I mean, one of my really favorite um, uh, authors alive today. Yeah. And I see him in podcast situations, in interview situations uh, where people suggest ideas that are, you know, elementary uh, compared to what he's thinking through. And yeah. man, he always takes the time to consider it, to learn from it to integrate it into his thinking in a way that just communicates humility. Yeah. And um, if arrogance is in many ways at the core of this, one of the, the most important things we can do is repent, yeah. right? Repent of our arrogance and the, the presumption that we're better off by ourselves yeah, um, and, and to be able to walk forward in humility, knowing we need, we need period, uh, but we need people yeah. specifically. Yeah. So that's great. Well, I hope this is helpful for those of you who uh, feel tempted to isolate in, in times of stress to just, you know, put it, put the whole thing on your back. Um, let me just encourage you by saying you're not that strong. You're not that good. You're not that smart. Uh, don't don't overestimate yourself because in the process, you cut yourself off from the real power of the presence of God and the community of God's people. So uh, I want to encourage you by reminding you of your weakness. Uh, because it is uh, by acknowledging our weakness that we turn to a God who is strong. So I um, hope this is helpful for you. Uh, again, this is week four. Join us next week. You can get this podcast. Uh, well, wherever you got this podcast, you can get the next one. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, and all the other spots. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, we love leaders. And we think healthy leaders make great teams, great organizations, great churches. Uh, and so we do this happily for you. So. Have a great week and hopefully we will see you next week.